What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 168. On this episode, I'm joined by Koopy, where we talk about the Patreon and merch shop, um, a little bit about the protests, mainly about a bunch of TV shows we're watching, and then a whole bunch of books Koopy read last month. Uh, thanks for checking us out. What up? We're joined by Koopy. Hello. Uh, which means we're to another month. The time has passed. You are the marking of the passage of time. This is the last day of May. Yes. So in real life. Correct. So uh, it's been a few days since the last podcast was recorded, and the world just gotten crazier as far as the protest and violence and um, just all that stuff. So Yes. Um, I waited a few days before I actually saw the video. Right. Because I very I have a sensitive heart. Right. And you're honestly not on social media all that much. I'm only if it's about books. Right. It tends to be my focus area. And of course I have seen a lot of people sharing great literature suggestions. I should have prepared a list. I did not did not think that through. Bummer. Um whoops. But um I did watch the video of George Floyd on Friday. And it was pretty upsetting. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think my thoughts pretty much are the same as it was last time. Um, I'll have more when Snappy's back on because I know I've already taken some notes on I have certain thoughts on some of the stuff. I think I'm interested right now in the people's different takes on on looting. You know, I'm not saying anyone's wrong or right. I just think it's interesting the the thoughts and stuff that's come out about it. Um, but I didn't even mention our Patreon stuff. So uh, <laughs> before we get too into before we get too into that. Um, we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. Uh, if you go there and give us a dollar or more a month, you can get early access to all the podcasts. If you give enough, you can be a co-producer, Labra Mom, Hurricane Haynes, Pow Wow, Marshall, the Dharma Initiative, Bear, and Snappy. And, um, yeah, keep the podcast going there. And then also we have a merch shop. We've sold some merch lately. Uh, I know Graveyard Entertainment bought a couple out there. I don't know who in their crew got them but i saw where they ordered a couple shirts uh so anyway we have a merch shop it is spreadshirt.com slash a podcast with mo and there's links to both of those websites in the description of the podcast and uh go get some cool stuff there um but yeah anyway we'll keep it light uh because i feel like most people are rather really into the george floyd you know stuff and honestly i mentioned a little bit like one video and the last thing about the lady at the Central Park with the dog and stuff. And there's all these other videos recently of, like, the guy in the gym that's calling the cops on these black... The EMT worker. The EMT worker. There's, like... I mean, there's just all these things that have happened. Like, a month ago, I don't think we even talked about it on the podcast where the... Uh, I think that's what you're talking about, the EMT worker who was just in their house. Yeah, and she, the cops I wish kicked I knew in her door. name. I feel like an ass for not knowing her name. Something brown. So I, I know we... It's like I said, it's been like a month. Uh, it should have been a bigger news story. Yeah, it was covered up by the pandemic. It was. I saw it a lot because, as I mentioned, I follow a lot of libertarian pages, you know, and something like that happens of the cops just bust in your house and shoot you. The libertarians are normally pretty up in arms about that sort of stuff. Um, it was a narcotics bust and they had the wrong house, I guess. Um, right. She didn't have any drugs. She was. So it, the world's going crazy. I do. I I, I want to say again, I understand there is racism involved, but also I just think the militarized police is crazy. I just think it's crazy. I think when you watch all these videos of like the cops kind of uh, doing this little vehicle move to run, not run them over, like crush people with their cars, but like push them with their vehicles is nuts. They're just like shoving people back. Like if they're there to protect and serve or whatever, I don't know. I just think this whole like, okay, now the army's running through, but it's the cops and they're going to just start busting heads. I just, it just doesn't yeah. fit with well, me. Well, of I don't course, know. with Trump's tweet. Right. They start we looting, we start shooting or whatever. So, yeah, that's how our leader deals with um, controversy. I don't know. Right. It's well, crazy. The world is on fire right now. <laughs> it is true. And honestly, I'm, I was telling last one, I'm, I'm kind of against looting. I don't understand where it's helpful. Um, in a lot of scenarios, but I also think a lot of the fires and the stuff are happening by people that aren't really behind the cause. They're rather 
one of two things, people being greedy and just wanting free stuff, or it's uh, agents of chaos being you know, paid for by whoever to go in and burn buildings to make it look worse. You know, like I'm, I kind of buy into those little conspiracy theories. Cause I, I've just watched too many videos in the last 24 hours. And a lot of those, the real protesters are yelling at the people to stop. Don't bust the window. You know, like quit doing yeah, that. All the footage that I've seen. Cause there have been some, for those of you who aren't aware, the book bookstagram community has, you know, influencers just like the makeup community and the fashion world. Like it has right. a bunch of, influencers and they are a lot of them based in big cities like New York and LA and they have been live streaming the protests and they do seem very peaceful and like they're just you know taking a knee fists in the air you know they're trying to act um right just in solidarity be like right yeah. but they're um being Gassed and you know oh, shot yeah. with rubber bullets. The whole rubber and- bullets in it. I've never seen citizens being shot with rubber bullets in these protests like this. Um, I said in the last episode that you know I thought it was messed up that like the white protesters a couple weeks ago had their assault rifles and no one seemed to care and these people are peaceful and cops are shooting rubber bullets at them. Maybe people should be armed in these protests. I don't know. No, I don't necessarily <laughs> agree with that at all. Maybe they I wouldn't be getting shot at. I don't. I don't know. I just. Uh, it, it's crazy. It's just a crazy world. Yes, it is. It's so, sad to see. Um, we haven't progressed very much in America as, as far as right. civil rights go. And Right. Well, I think, and I mean, it's how I feel about politics sometimes and, and other things as well, of just like, I can't believe I feel the way I feel about things. And then people right. exist in the world that feel the way they feel about. It. And I'm like, how are we even the same species? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can even think this differently about stuff. And I feel like we live in an area where we are surrounded by a lot of people who think complete opposite of us, but everyone's just so fake, I guess, that you don't necessarily know it until it all just comes to like a moment like this. And all of a sudden you start seeing your friends arguing on social media and it's just really uncomfortable how divided we all are. I will say for people around here. Very rarely is there someone where you could, if I can have like a real conversation with them, we can't come out somewhere in the middle of least understanding. Um, but that doesn't happen on the internet. No, you know what I mean. Like people aren't like, oh, people, what a-. well, they're not even really listening to each other. They're just react. Ah. They're reacting. So right. Um. All right. But anyway, the fun stuff because that's happening in the world and. We've been trying to distract ourselves with TV shows and books. Yes. And that's typically what we talk about around here. Um, so I made a little list of TV shows I could remember that we've watched since the last time you've been on here. Um, first one I had was Upload. We liked Upload. It's on Amazon Prime. Yes. It came out just this past month, so it's new. Right. It's fairly new. Um, it's based in the world only like 10 years from now, but where they can chop your head off. So if they know you're about to die... They'll decapitate you and upload your brain to some digital version of it in which now they can put you in a digital heaven. Um, and then all these different companies have their own versions of heaven. It costs a lot of money. And it costs a bunch of money. So you got to so be it's like capitalism rich. at its finest. Right. And then it's so like in the app, there's app purchases. You know, it's like the worst part of video games today. But um, it's really fun. You can fun. run out of data. Right, and it's a really fun show. Like, just that premise alone is good. So, yeah, we have a main character who... Yeah, and the main character, he dies in a mysterious way. He dies in a car accident, but that's not something that happens in the future because all the cars are so smart. Um, So that's kind of mysterious. And then he lives across the hall from this really rich guy who's like, someone killed you, son. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and then there's also, like, his customer support lady and him kind of have some, like, they kind of are into each other. She's referred to as his angel. Yeah, and so they have some stuff going on there, and uh, it's a pretty good show. The concierge steals the scene quite often. Yes, and he's also in another show we'll mention later. Um, so Greg Daniels helped start this show uh, with someone else. I don't remember who. Um, and that's a dude from, like, The Office, King of the Hill uh, fame. So I will like anything Greg Daniels, or at least give a chance anything Greg Daniels has his hand the in. The guy's girlfriend seems very famous and familiar, too, but yeah. I haven't quite looked her up. I haven't either, but she does. But then she also might just fit her character. She's playing so well. No, I think we know her from something. But it's a good show. I would probably give four out of five stars if I were rating it. Is it like the wife from Masters of Sex, maybe? Maybe. Maybe she's too young. That's not what I was thinking, too. But they have that same look. They do. Um, 
We've watched a lot of TV shows. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then another a show that you love that you finished again um, was Shit's Creek. Oh, so. it's so funny and endearing. Although I'm still confused because I know I watched a season six. Right. But there does not seem to be a season six. Didn't you look it up? Yeah. There somewhere. is a season six, but it's just not on Netflix. Right. So someone else who's watched Shit's Creek, let me know where I can watch the final season. Could you not look it up? Or could you not find it? I couldn't find it. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember looking that hard. I just double checked to like, because I felt like when we finished season five, I was like, that doesn't seem like the end. Right. And so I just looked it up and I was like, no, there are six seasons. So that was just, I just confirmed that I wasn't. Oh, I see. I didn't actually look it up to where I could watch it, but I just don't know where I would have watched season six if it wasn't on Netflix. Right, because we haven't had cable for you to have pop TV in a long time. Long like, time. And I don't think I was watching it as it aired. I think I started it on Netflix. Yeah, so very interesting. We'll so, I don't out. know. Maybe I'm crazy. Was it on Hulu at some time, maybe? No. Mm. All right, well, we'll figure it out. So, anyway, people, check out Shit's Creek. It's not bad. It's yeah. so funny. And they're 30-minute episodes, so they go real fast. Right. I mean, there are definitely some funny parts. Um I don't think it's everyone's top of show. I think the main character could turn some people off, but I think he's good. And uh, David. David. The sister, we've decided, is my favorite character because out of the, Alexis. Most, out of the most times that I, I laugh out loud, we're probably <laughs> in response to Alexis's lines. But it's because she plays like she's a 14-year-old girl, but she's like 38 or something. <laughs> she's and not so it's that so old, funny. but yeah. She's, but she is more aware than people give her credit. And so she does have she some, grows a little. She does have some moments where she just how she reacts to people. She's I don't know. She's funny. Right. And Eugene Levy, of course, if you liked American Pie um, or any other Eugene Levy stuff, be familiar with him. And I can't remember Moira's real name. No, but she's also a comedy she's a legend, I believe. Great in that role. The baby. <laughs> <laughs> I talk like her actually probably more than all the other <laughs> characters when I'm randomly bored. Um, and another great show we watched on Hulu. Was The Great. Yes. I liked The Great a lot. It's about Catherine the Great. She's an empress of Russia. But it's a comedy. It's not really Right. So it's like a period piece of uh, whenever this is Russia. The French Revolution just happened because they just decapitated their leader. King is right. Because they mentioned that. Peter the Great. Right. So because they mentioned that stuff. So um, Anyway, yeah, you follow the ma- the woman who's married to the dude who was Beast in the X-Men First Class movies. and About a boy. About a boy and skins. I'm trying to think what else we've watched. He doing. dated Jennifer Lawrence. I can't. We can't ever remember his name. I don't know if we've ever known it, but he has a very recognizable face. Right. So he's really good in it. He's the best character for sure as the king because he's a, a spoiled brat. Prince King, you know, type guy who very uh, arrogant and thinks very highly of himself. Right, and then Russia, I guess, is very much more open sexually than the rest of Europe has been, at least to my knowledge. And more uh, carnal, it seems. Right, so just be like, I'm gonna have sex with you right now, and then they'll just have sex on the side of the room while people are around, but like all in their fancy Victorian gown wear. Or whatever. It's not like they're all naked. Like they're still dressed up, but they just go off and have sex all the time. Yeah. Um. And then, so the main queen lady's not a big fan of all that because she's from Germany. And uh, I guess that's not how it was More in Germany. Refined. Right. So you follow their whole thing. Uh, we looked it up. Eventually, she becomes the ruler. So we're going to, yeah. you're basically figuring out how she becomes she, the ruler. A coup but in it's the real history. It's, it's a comedy. So it's not like all serious about all this stuff. It's like, I don't know, it's just really funny. I, I laughed a lot. It is funny. So yeah, uh, it's, got the historical feel but it um has like a modern element to it that makes it i don't know well they talk in english accents which is weird but yeah you would think they'd have more russian (laughs) yeah so that that kind of throws me off but it it works and then also something that's i think you just got to look into because we did i'm not necessarily against it a lot of people are like oh it shouldn't matter your race when they're casting a show Right, And so there are people of all different races and ethnicities in the show. And you're like, wait, were black people like not? Did they live in Russia? So I had to look that up. And it's like, no, no, they just cast black people in these roles. They're, but like, so I did have, it made me wonder because I thought well, it was The main historical. one that we were curious about was actually Indian. Oh, is that or, what? Well, he looked. 
Oh, yeah. But he also has friends. Middle Eastern. He has one friend that's a black dude, and there was a guy who didn't want to shave. And then, then I was like, oh, is there like a territory in Russia? That's what I originally was thinking. But then, yeah, you looked up the Indian guy because uh, we were like, I wonder what if these. Like, I don't yeah, know. Well, I just don't know much about Russian history yeah, or who this, so. these people were supposed to be representing. So, yeah, I definitely Googled a lot of the people. Some of them are not real. Like the characters in the show were not real people in history. And then some of them were. So you just kind of wanted to get your bearings on it. But, yeah, that was definitely. Something. But on that point. It hasn't affected it. It's not, no, like, yeah. ruin like, it. it doesn't, you can still enjoy And I think of, like, Hamilton was that way. You right. Know? Like, for instance, he has a good friend who's a black dude, but is married to a white woman. And then their kid is, makes sense, so, you know, is casting. So, like, it, it all makes sense. It's not, like, just random stuff everywhere. But at first glance, I was like, oh, wait, was Russia so progressive? Like, I just, I was curious. I didn't know. Because now they, they are not. seem to be, no. And then. The next two things we're in the middle of watching, so we haven't finished them, but I'm into both of them quite a bit, except I keep going to sleep during the first one because we watch it too late, which is the Jeffrey Epstein, I want to say it's called Dirty Money or something. I don't know, I don't what, know it. what it's called. But- There's a Jeffrey Epstein little documentary series on Netflix. If you don't remember, Jeffrey Epstein is the guy who was suicided in his jail cell because he knew all the other rich pedophiles, or you know, that's what we're most people believe anyway. Um, and then... They kind of just want you to forget about it. So then a lot of people on the internet are like, don't forget, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. That's going to be a meme forever. Uh, but this is the story of Jeffrey Epstein and how he got all of his money and how he's been molesting little girls or maybe I don't know if it's molestions, the right word. But, uh, I think it is, is molesting right? and raping, right. molestation. So sexually assaulting for sure, putting him in odd situations. Uh, it's like a pyramid scheme of molestation and then – they haven't where we're at brought in how he got other rich people involved. Maybe they won't bring that part in, but it's pretty crazy stuff. I think it's good to watch. Um, and then one thing I kind of want to shout out here, cause a lot of people give Alex Jones shit, you know, from Infowars. Um, he's been around about Jeffrey Epstein stuff for like 15 years. He's been saying there are rich elite people that are, have sex rings of underage girls and blah, blah, blah. And everyone will act like Alex Jones crazy because he says water turned the frogs gay or whatever. He has some <laughs> other crazy shit or he'll say something about Hillary. But some stuff he says is true. And this is an example. And I just – I kind of just shout out Alex Jones for because I remember hearing this shit forever ago. Like whenever um, I was in college watching Alex Jones, he would be talking about this stuff. And it's all true. Like this whole – there are people that are just uh, trafficking girls that are in situations – like not – you would think sometimes like, oh, did some foreign girls in a boat were shipped over here. But a lot of these situations are like, oh, they just find a girl who wants a couple hundred dollars. And yeah, it was like doesn't the, have a good the family life. And episode really pretty much established that he would target girls who were from poor, broken homes. Right. And his lady, his yeah, right his girlfriend is something lady. else we don't quite understand yet. But it's probably the most interesting. Of she the, was the one who would actually coerce the girls into coming back to the mansion. Right. So, and um, then she would involve herself in some of the scenarios, and eventually, if if a girl, it seemed if a girl refused, if she seemed uncomfortable, then they would just quickly flip the script, and she could become someone who would target other girls for them. So she did not have to partake in the sex, right. but she could earn money by getting other girls there. So it became a pyramid scheme. Of- right. So it's like they would find a girl they were interested in. If she was, if they felt like they could push her into it, that's what they did. If they felt like she was too strong or not the top, maybe would tell they're like, we'll be on our side. Well, they like flipped her, you know? Yes. Like it was, it's very interesting. The whole time watching it, I was like, I think this is going to, have the copycat effect. I think a lot of people are going to see this Learn and be like, huh, that's how he did it. That's you have to have a certain amount of money. And amount wealth, of money sure. and narcissism and sociopathic tendencies. Right. Like he had to get, he, I mean, he was wealth. I don't know how long. We don't know the real backstory. Oh, they go into his backstory a little bit of just how he got his job of he was a teacher. But, but we don't have know his anything degree. about where he acquired this weird fetish or right. like we don't have a history on that yet. Right. So it it's very interesting. I just think everyone should check it out because I, I just think everyone should remember the Jeffrey Epstein thing. I mean, he was regardless of your political side, there are pictures of him with the Clintons. There's pictures of him with the Trumps. There's pictures of him with a lot of political uh, people and just famous celebrities. And there's a good chance all those people 
were friends with him for this reason. I mean, maybe it was a big secret thing he kept. We haven't got there. I know the next episode's about his sex island, and that's the big thing everyone knows about. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But the Jeffrey Epstein shit, super it's crazy. disturbing. Very, very, very much so. Um, and then the best thing that's happened on Netflix for me in a long time is Space Force. <laughs> so I've been waiting for a long time for the – we mentioned Greg Daniels earlier. Greg Daniels and Steve Carell um, from The Office – have joined forces they wrote space force to my understanding the way it worked was trump like a year or two ago announced you know we're gonna do space force to be a new branch of government i think they just got together and like we're rotting this like what if he did it how would it go and then steve carell's character who's mark naird who's more or less like a, a military michael scott he's not quite as dumb as michael scott and a little gruffer and all that but he has his moments where you're he's the way michael scott is to dwight like that version of Michael Scott where he's kind of competent and he looks down on Dwight. He's like that version of him as the general. Consistent. Yeah, like all yeah. the time. And then he has some soft moments because he has a daughter, you know, stuff like that. And then Lisa Kudrow plays his wife, which is a great casting choice. A lot of great casting. John Malkovich is his Dwight, I guess, in this, you know, his number two, uh, the head of the science team. And uh, I think John Malkovich is probably my favorite character at the moment. I think he's doing the yeah. best job since where we're at. Uh, ben Schwartz, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I knew you would be a big fan of his role. And he's kind of a small character, but he has his great lines. Right. And I, I think they'll have, everyone will have their moments throughout the show. You know, they'll probably come back. Uh, David O. Yang is good as the scientist that he's like, well, I don't know, is Chan American? Like, <laughs> he was, yeah, he was born in wherever, like Ohio or whatever. Um, I, it's a really good show. I like it a lot so far. We haven't finished it, of course. It'll be one of those... Uh, I wish it was all done. I wish all however many seasons were already done so we could just binge it all. But it's going to suck when it's over. I'm already dreading it. It is funny. Laugh out loud. Yeah. I, I think I was surprised at how much you've enjoyed it. You've laughed a lot. You know, because it took you a couple times of uh, Stockholm Syndrome to love The Office. The, the force of me, me making you love it. I just, I mean, the I didn't watch it ever as it aired. So, um... You just loved it so much <laughs> that I just didn't live up to your expectation. But I thought it was good. Right. Well, You anyway. just thought it was superb. It is. It's the best ever. <laughs> um, Space Force, very, very good. Um, I think if you like The Office or even if you didn't, um, I, I think the military aspect of this will draw in some people that you know that I don't think would typically. Like, I think they do a good job of representing the military. You know, like they're not blasphemous to the military like he's trying to keep military code and anytime anyone's against it they're civilians that are being dumb you know and he has like the worst he has nothing but green recruits and then old people so like he has no good military it's a brand new mil- branch of military so like, it's a bunch of incompetence and stuff but they have their military base is awesome uh where they live at i was really impressed with that so um anyway highly recommend space force yeah i think that's it i think that's all the shows we've been watching right there might be one or two here or there but Maybe next month we'll remember remember what those would be. I know I've seen a lot of stuff coming soon. I've seen a lot of coming soon shit on Netflix, you know, on our little screensaver. Yeah, so, I really want to watch Little Fires Everywhere, which is on Hulu. It's a Reese Witherspoon you, production. you dislike the book? I didn't, yeah. I, did, I mean, I'd say two stars. <laughs> right, so. <laughs> I, I didn't understand why it got the hype it had. Like, I had gone into it thinking this book is going to change me. And it was just a bunch of suburban. Yeah, you, you shouldn't go in like that. I, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't get it. But I think the show has a lot of potential. Because, I mean, Reese Witherspoon's good. Yeah. And, and then, I liked uh, Big Little who's Lies. the other main character? Carrie Washington? I think so. Maybe. Um, so I might be watching that soon. Yes, that's my next show for June. All right, so if you have any questions, suggestions, or corrections, please email us at a podcast with Mo. That is a p o d c a s t w i t h m o at gmail.com. Perfect. Boom. All right, time for the books. There are eight books. You read a lot this month, uh, so we're in quarantine or. It's kind of it's let up in our state, definitely. Yeah, we're not uh, we're required not to be home, but we just are. We're anyway. homebodies, yeah. 
And um, luckily I have a job where I haven't had to be out in the public for... Really anything, yeah. Anything. Yeah, I can work from home if I need to do anything. So um, I've read eight books and I probably could have read more. But, you know, you just sometimes get to a point where... You had some down days. I did. You're like, I'm taking this off. Yeah. So the first book I read was on Kindle. So I don't have like a cool cover to show me you um but it was called rhapsodic um and it's a modern fairy tale dark fairy tale it kind of reminded me a lot of a court of thorns and roses which if you've been with the podcast for a while you know that's one of my favorite series um by author sarah j mass so this has a lot of those elements um basically a young girl is responsible for uh, the death of her stepfather and she doesn't he's like a very powerful man she doesn't know what to do she's worried that someone's gonna come after her for whatever they might be coming after him for like i don't know she's just scared young teenager and so this is a fantasy world and there's this guy called the bargainer who will cut you a deal and you'll owe him a favor sort of thing and he has magic so he can make anything happen so she summons him and he takes pity on her you can tell like he's intrigued by this young girl who's killed her stepdad and you know there's obviously trauma there he was raping her and stuff like that so he helps the girl and so the novel goes back and forth between the past and the present so that's the past and in the present you have um she is like a detective who like hunts down bad people and like a private investigator type thing. And she, it's like a siren so she can force men to confess their sins or whatever. And then she'll torment them. Yeah. I remember when you were reading the siren book. Yeah. So this is that one. So you get two different timelines, but eventually they meet back up by the end of the novel and you figure out the whole history and all where it's going. Um, but it's a, romance she loves the guy the bargainer and they never had a physical relationship because she was so young and all this stuff Um, and he hadn't seen her in years like he just kind of abandoned her um but he's back in her life in the present and he needs her to pay up her favor and he needs her help with something that's happening in like a magical kingdom in another realm where he's originally from so she has to go and help him because he owes her. She owes him a favor. Makes sense. Completely. Yeah. yeah. But she's like a siren and her abilities really don't work in the fairy world because you can't coerce a fairy. Right. The same They're way not you can't mortal. Right. I understand. Um, so, but that was, was book it, one. Did you like it? I did. And the first 50% rem- was pretty tame. It got quite sexy there towards the end. So maybe not appropriate for younger readers. I like it when you read those steamy <laughs> ones. But it was good. I liked it. Well, cool. Have you <laughs> have plans to read the sequel? It's on Kindle Unlimited. So if I ever subscribe to Kindle Unlimited, and I think I get three free months, I just wanted to wait till I had less physical books to read before I... I just have right. to sign up before, I think, January or something like that. But if I get Kindle Unlimited, I will. But I don't want to pay for it. I, I read that one for free on Amazon Prime. So that's a whole thing. Um, there are a lot of, lots of free books for yeah. Kindle. I mean, Amazon Prime's pretty cool. And I mean, most people know, you know, you get the, the shipments and the shows to watch. You know, we mentioned, like, all the cool shows. But also, I know, like, it ties to Twitch Prime. So, for instance, I need to get you to get on... Twitch Prime, because you have it since you have Amazon Prime, and then you could give me $5 a month on Twitch, and then we can make back the money we're paying for Amazon Prime. Like, you could do stuff like that. And then also, through that, if you have Twitch Prime, they give you free video games to download for your PC. So it's like, they're, Amazon just tries to give away a bunch of stuff to get people in their ecosystem. But I understand they're evil, and everyone hates them, but we definitely Amazon. enjoy the Amazon around here. <laughs> Especially their Kindle Daily Deals. I have gotten so many books. Like, I just got one the other day um that was it's 26.99 and i got it for 2.99 on kindle yeah so anyway we we like amazon if you're listening amazon guides that are <laughs> if you're spying on if us you're spying on us like all the rest 
hook us up. All right, uh, what was the second book of the month? It's number five in the Fallen Kingdom series. It's called Crystal Storm by Morgan Rhodes. And since it's book number five, I think I'm just going to... If you've been following us for a while, you know this is the series. I'm always bringing up the covers and being like, eh, yeah, kind of good. He likes to judge this series by its cover. Yeah, and this one's kind of going with that other one I didn't like. You know, it's real boring. Well, if you notice, we've got... Smoking City? A, yeah, it's like a city crumbling. The Hawks have been in every cover. I don't know I'm if you say the Hawks noticed back, that. Yeah, or there. They've been in all of them. Um, but there are four different, like, really five different perspectives that you're following in this particular book. You, um, We have been following Cleo, Magnus, Lucia, Jonas, but now we have a new character, that perspective, um, Amara. So Amara has taken the Mitikin throne, but as she struggles to unleash the power, the powerful magic of the single crystal she holds, her many enemies are advancing, including Asher, the brother she thought she killed. So we have some people bum, bum, coming bum. back from the dead. Um, Jonas, who is uh, like a rebel. I, I could see a lot of people... Like, you know how there was the whole battle between, like, Edward versus Jacob in the Twilight world? Uh, Are you Team Edward or Team Jacob? Oh, yeah, yeah. Not like an actual battle in the book, but, like, in the pop culture world. Right. Gotcha. Um, In this Fallen Kingdom, you have Jonas versus Magnus. Like, are you Team Mm. Jonas or Team Magnus? I am personally Team Magnus, but we have... Off names, that's what I would go (laughs) We have Jonas, who is, like, this... A hunky rebel who's just fighting for the uh, underdog. So, I mean, like, he is a heroic character. Um, And he treks back to Mitika with his band of rebels and plans to overthrow Amara. But fate intervenes when he runs into Princess Lucia and joins her on her perilous journey. And now, I don't like Lucia. She's been a bitch this whole series. (laughs) I don't like her. Um, she's Magnus's stepsister, sister, uh, not really sister. I don't know. Half sister? Step. I don't know. At, at this point, maybe, can I just reveal that he was in love with her forever? Like, that's a big part of book one. Uh, is clueless he thinks, scenario. He thinks he's in love with, well, he thinks she's his biological sister, so he feels all this shame for his love for her. Mm. But as the series goes on, you realize that they're not actually blood related. But I think that matters. They were raised as siblings. So they were raised as siblings. And so she was very much against. He tried to come out and tell her, but she was like, no, this you're just my brother. I can't. She was like appalled. So that's like a whole weird part with Magnus. Um, but Lucia has escaped the clutches of un, the unhinged fire god, but her powers are dwindling and time is running out to fulfill the prophecy written for her and her unborn child. So at this point, she's pregnant. That happened at the end of the last book. Um, Magnus and Cleo, they are finally like together. We've been waiting for this moment. At least I have. Um, they are forced to test the strength of their love and trust for each other when Gaius returns to Mitica. That's Magnus's father, uh, claiming he is a changed man in search of redemption. So I do like seeing a different side to um, Gaius in this book. So there's just a ton of characters, all their storylines are interwoven. I've given away like five spoilers at this point. They won't remember if they start reading. Yeah, if you, I mean, it's good. Yeah. It's a good series. So this is book five. So there's one more. So next month I'll be completing the the series. Oh, cool. So I still like it. And what was your next one? Hunting Prince Dracula. Is this one like the one other ones you've been reading? Yes. Yeah, so this is the sequel to Stalking Jack the Ripper. So this is yeah. only book two. Um, it's by Carrie Maniscalco. And I did not like this one as much as Stalking Jack the Ripper. And I thought I was going to love it ten times more because I love Dracula. I've read the original several times. I just like vampire stories and the lore and like the original story of Vlad the Impaler and like where all that kind of originated, like what inspired Bram Stoker to write Dracula. So this has all of those elements. It should have been a hit. But for some reason, I was bored 
through most of this book. She spends a lot of times in like the crypts and just walking through hallways. And it's just like, oh, there's bats in this tunnel. Oh, there's snakes in this tunnel. And I don't know. And it just wasn't for me. Right. I mean, I thought it was be for me. It should have been for me. It just. She's, she's going in with expectations. That's yeah, I was. Problem. I was too high. But I really enjoyed stalking Jack the Ripper. Um, not a big fan of this one. Everyone who read Stalking Jack the Ripper seems to think that Hunting Prince Dracula is the better of the series. So you may be wrong. So I could be wrong here. Maybe I just wasn't in the right mood for it. Right. The third book, which I plan to read in June, is about Houdini. So I I have hopes for that one. Yeah, Houdini. I'm going to continue with the series. I think that's kind of weird. I mean, Houdini was like a real guy. Dracula, not, and then Jack the Ripper, yes, but like no one knows who he is. Like Houdini. Well, it wasn't really Dracula no. in this book. It was a another fictional character who's supposed to be from the Dracula bloodline. I just remember that Houdini uh, little movie came out, and I want. I really was excited, and we watched the first half, and then it was like, all right, the next half comes on next week on History Channel. I was like, I've never finished it because I forgot all about it. So. This has like it talks about the the bloodline of Vlad the Impaler, and it's like his descendant, his ancestry line. He has like kids, right? That are I don't know. Cool. It's not really Dracula, but it I has see. allusions to all of that gotcha. stuff. So yeah, the next one will be Houdini. I'm going to continue the series because I have them. So. Might as well. Might as well. Yeah. All, All right. right. So moving on. I think this is book four. Yes. Um, halfway there. Bone Crier's Moon by Catherine Purdy. Have I skipped? No. Yeah. This is the right one. Um, wow. I don't even know how to begin to describe this. A part of me just wants to read this leaf, but I know that's going to be long winded. Well, I will say the cover um, has a pretty good illustration. It looks like, uh, I don't know what the guy looks like, but the chick kind of looks like Amy Adams. <laughs> and uh, She'd be a good, she's a little too old to play her right. in a movie. but She looks like Amy Adams in The Office, not Amy Adams. You need a 17-year-old Amy Adams. Right. Uh, but yeah, cool cover, if I had to judge it. Um, so it's another fantasy book, um, and it's going to be a, tr- a duology. So I think there's going to be a sequel, and then that will be the end. Um, and we have these mythical female creatures who are kind of like sirens they call themselves the loresses like they're luring people the laurel lore i can't i'm saying it wrong i'm sure um and they have to complete these different rituals in order to be able to complete a rite of passage to become a farrier of the dead so they basically ferry souls from the earth to the afterworld but they have to go through a lot of different rites of passages before they can become that. And so it opens up with two girls who are best friends and they are hunting different animals because they can harvest magic from their bones. So bone criers, that's kind of where the title comes from. Um, you know, they ha- they need three different animal bones and they get skills from each of those animals. <laughs> I love when it's just like, hey, what's the mechanic from a video game? All right, now well, let's just make a book out of that. And so... Once they have all three of their bones, they can, however long it takes them to acquire them, they're supposed to hopefully have them by the time they're like 16 or something like that. Then they have to lure their amour, is how it's called, their love. Are, like the, are there better bones than others to have or does yes. it matter? Okay. So like the main girl who's on the cover here. It's like just three bones would be easy. No, no. It's got to be like... Her the the highest the matriarch of the family. It's all a women. Um, she is she has like a grizzly bear, a shark, like do you human bones. They don't use human bones. Oh. That's but, the dangerous. But the, the last all. step is actually to kill a human. Oh. So th- her goal the the ritual is to lure their amour, their love, fall have them fall in love with them get pregnant so that they can continue the bloodline, but then they have to kill their love within a year. So like all these women's fathers have been killed. by Yes. So they're raised by just each other in the secret hollow in the woods. 
And so the main character, um, Elise is what I've been calling her. Um, it's her night of her ritual and Bastion comes and she thinks she's, I bet he does. she thinks he's summoned her love, but he actually was the son of a father who was killed. So he just happened to already have another family and then was lured into this and then was killed. And so he wants revenge. So when he's hiding out in the woods, she's, he's not. So are they brother or sister? No, they're not. They're completely unrelated, but she thinks it's her soulmate. And so I don't know. I can't really say too much without spoiling it. Right. But basically, he ends up kidnapping her. He's not under her spell like she thinks he is. And her best friend was standing by as witness and has to, you know, find a way to get her friend back. And he wants to kill her, but he can't kill her because she's going to, he'll die if she dies. Like, there's all kinds of rules about. Right. The whole classic dragon heart scenario. They're bound, you know, and all this stuff. So it was really fun. I really liked the element of the bone magic and like watching them going and hunting and trying to get different bones and stuff. And it was a cool story. And then, of course, it's all centered around the moon phase. They can only do certain things on the full moon or the new moon. And so bone criers moon. Well, cool. I did a shit job explaining well, that. Well, it seemed like you liked it. I did like it. It was fun. Okay, so one I was a little disappointed in, Ruthless Gods. Yeah, it looks scary. It's not that scary. I'd say it's dark and it's sad, oh. but it's not really scary. It like has that omen vibe cover. I wish it was scary. It would be better, I think, if it had more juice in it or something. I don't know. I read the first book in this series, Wicked Saints, by Emily A. Duncan last year. So it's been a whole year since I read the first book. And I wasn't that crazy about the first book, but they'd have cool covers. Right. And when I saw this cover, I was like, well, I already have the first one. I might as well read the second one. Right. I have wasted my money on these books. They are not for me. Um, I think it's because I read the Grisha verse books, the Grisha trilogy first, and they it's not the same author or anything, um, but they're very similar stories. And I think I just, to me, I feel like I'm just rereading a series I've already read before. Um, but anyway, it's about this girl, Nadia, who um, has divine powers that she's, you know, supposed to be working for the gods and all this stuff. Um, and she comes across this boy. I can't even remember his name at this point. Um, who's like her opposite. He works for the rebels and he's going to kill her and they're supposed to be enemies, but they actually fall in love. I forgot this part though. This is cool. Uh, the book cover opens up. Yeah, it has inside art illustration. Um, but he's like a prince and a monster all in one. And basically they are bound to... They fall in love, but they are bound to kill, destroy each other. It's kind of like a tragic Right, romance again, your classic Hancock. Centered around faith and different... It's a made-up religion and these collective gods and right but nadia i will say twist in this one she starts to question if maybe the gods are not gods at all but just another species so um i don't really yeah seems like you're not as impressed with that one and on the spine it looks like jason muse <laughs> yeah we did talk about that i've mentioned that a couple of times so uh, i was like yeah jay it's not bob book <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll reread these someday. Maybe not. Yeah. I just haven't been into them. Maybe when them. you're older, you'll appreciate it more. No, I don't <laughs> think that's it. Um, all right, I just kind of trudged on. Read something else on your Kindle. That's right. The Secret Life of Bees by Sue Monk Kidd. And that sounds familiar. It's here. a very famous book. And I read it back when it came out in like the early 2000s. Um 
But it's been a long time, and there was a movie is version. Is it actually about bees? It has bees in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was curious. It's mainly about people, but the Boatwright family has a bee farm. They make honey. Ah, I see. And so Lily, the main character, um, her mom died when she was young. You learn that she actually shot her mom on accident. Her mom was trying to leave her dad, and there was a gun thrown on the floor, and she picked up the gun and accidentally shoots her mother. So she's raised by her awful father, who's just no love, no kindness, Um, and he's a peach farmer, and this is in the South, Maybe Georgia? I don't know. I don't remember what state. Georgia peaches make sense. Um, makes sense to me. Um, and he just brings in one of his field workers to be her nanny to raise her and to keep the ho- a housekeeper. So she is raised by Ro- Rosaline. And it opens up, I think it's in 64, 1964, when the black community has the right to vote as long as they can sign their name in cursive. Right. And a lot of people, of course, in the white community didn't want them to have the right to vote, so they were trying to stop them. Right. The fact that even signing your name is even a prerequisite is crazy. Yeah. So it opens up with Rosaline wanting to go into town to register to vote. And Lily goes with her. It's Lily's birthday. She wants to go into town, too. And she's like 14, I think. And there's this awful racist man who's standing guard waiting for people to come by and he harasses them. There's a scuffle and basically Rosaline is arrested and Lily is sent back home and she's mad at her dad and just the world and all she wants to do is run away. So she and Rosaline are busted or she she breaks her out of the hospital because Rosaline got pretty beat up and they go on the run and they end up in another part I think it's South Carolina actually now that I'm thinking about it Tiburon South Carolina I think Tiburon they end up in Tiburon and um Lily has like a few mementos of her mother's and on the back it said Tiburon <laughs> to, to like this picture of a black Mary on a piece of wood. So she wants to go there. And so it's once they get there, she meets the boat rights and they are a, a family of black women, sisters. And you have August Boatwright, who is like the main beekeeper. You have May Boatwright, who just, she's kind of special. She's a little different. She's very empathetic. So she doesn't really have a job. She just kind of keeps the house. She's very emotional, special person. And then there's June Boatwright, who's a music teacher. And so Rosalie and Lily stay with them. And it's like Lily's trying to find out how is her mother connected here and all this stuff. So it's a coming-of-age story, civil rights story, historical fiction. It's beautifully written. I watched the movie afterwards because I had never seen it, and it was wonderful they do make some weird changes that i would not have done but that's that's how it goes how it goes yeah um yeah it was really good it was a reread for me but um i just hadn't seen the movie so i wanted to reread it and watch the movie right i liked it and then you had two more um a good marriage by kimberly mccrate and this was one of the book of the month picks, um, and it's a domestic thriller. I Let's would say. say. I bet they don't have a good marriage. If I had a guess, or it wouldn't no. be a very exciting book. Nobody in the book has a good marriage. So <laughs> it's a murder mystery. Um, we have two different perspectives that we're following. The main one is Lizzie, and she is a, an attorney. She's a lawyer, and. She has been recently contacted by someone she went to law school with. She hasn't spoken to them in years. I think it's been like 10 or 15 years since they talked. Um, but he has been arrested for the murder of his wife. And she, and he wants her to represent him. And at first she's just convinced that he's innocent. And so she just 
is jumping through all these hoops to try to help him. But then it turns out that he's actually um, extorting her for her help. He's not going to, I don't want to say too much, but he's not as good. He's a total creep. Right. And so she's figuring this out throughout the investigation. He claims he's innocent. And so she's not certain, but as a good attorney, she has to do the work to try to prove he's innocent. So it's her investigating this. But then we also get his wife's perspective. So it flashes back and forth between a couple different weeks, like the week leading up to her death. And then it goes to Lizzie's perspective the week after she died, like trying to figure out what happened. So we get Amanda's perspective and what it was like to live with Zach and be married to him. Um, and what, what happened to her, um, the night she died. So you're, you're following both storylines simultaneously. I liked the first 75%. I thought it was really, really good. I thought I had like three different theories on how it could go out. Right. But in the end, I was kind of mad because there were several plot holes that just didn't get addressed. I ended up giving this one three stars. I liked it, but I'm I'm left wanting more. Another 50 pages would have been nice. I felt like it was very rushed at the end and didn't really explain some of the right all the details and how it. Like you think if you went back and read it, all the things would make sense, or there still be things like, oh yeah, you forgot that. I feel like there's like I looked online because I wanted to see what other people were reviewing it, and a lot of people agree with me. I don't want to spoil too much, but um. There's definitely some stuff that they just, some loose ends she just did not tie up. Right. So it's fun. And maybe there were some people who, like, this had like a 70% love it rating. Um, so a lot of people loved it. I was just like, I liked it. I right. don't know. A little predictable. But then when they didn't tie up those loose ends, I was like, well, wait a minute. That actually doesn't work. Right. <laughs> it's like you can't just imply it. You got to yeah. write it. Um, all right. And then you had you saved the best one for last. You said. I did. So I started this one at the beginning of the month and I read it week by week with um, an online bookstagram buddy. Her name's Heather, a.k.a. Pages in the Limelight. And she and I both decided to read um, Kristen Hanna's The Nightingale. It is a World War Two novel. It's thick. Thick. And it is so good. I cried and cried and cried. I love a good book that touches you right in the heart. It was so good. Um, it's going to be a movie, I believe, in 2021. But who knows with how everything yeah, is going right back. now. Um, but it's called The Nightingale. And it's about two sisters set in France during World War World War II. And one of the sisters... Isabel is very progressive. She wants to help whatever she can to the movement to to beat Germany. She, um, you know, if she could, she would enlist. You know, she's that type of person. She's very, you know, free spirited and independent, and she can like kind of take care of herself. And then you have her older sister. I think it's pronounced Vianne. Vianne. I'm not sure it's French, so I'm sure they say it prettier than me. But she is, you know, married. Her husband's off at war. She's raising a daughter. They're Nazis living in her house. And so she's just trying to keep the peace and keep her head down. She doesn't want any trouble from him, anybody. So they're total opposites. So you get both of their accounts throughout the war, um, just what they're dealing with and the different struggles that they have. There's obviously... um. So, like, Isabel's character, she ends up becoming, she helps downed airmen um, cross into Spain for their, like, so that they can be sent back home and they can go back and not be captured by the Nazis. So she ends up, like, being a, I don't know what's the word for it. Um, I have no idea. 
like you know like where you take them over the mountain like a mule kind of like she oh, a coyote kind of like that but yeah it's like with downed french and british airmen and so like soldiers who are helping um the allies and so she has like that whole storyline and then Vianne back in her in the country where the nazis have occupied france um her best friend is Jewish, so you see her dealing with, you know, her friend being sent off to concentration camp. So it just has a lot of really powerful, sad, sad, sad moments. Um, some really exciting, like, victory moments, you know. Right. But in the end, it I think I cried for the last 150 pages solid. Just tears. Sounds like you. Just tears flowing. <clears throat> well, I'm glad you liked it. Five you- stars. How fast do you think you would have read it if you didn't have to wait? I think I could have read it in a week. Right. I know you were, every time you stopped, you were kind of upset to stop. Yeah, like, it's it's over 500 pages. It's 570-ish. And so, normally I read about, I can, I can read about 100 pages an evening if I'm focused, but that, I'm not necessarily fast at it. Whereas with this one, it was like I was just zooming through the story, and I was like, "Oh, I've already read fifty pages. Oh, I've already read a hundred. Like I could, I could have just kept going each time I picked it up. So it might have taken me a little over a week, but I definitely would have read it f- a lot faster. But it took me about a lot of self control to spread it out over three, <laughs> three or four weeks, however long it was. Well, good job. We broke it up into one hundred forty pages a week increments. Um. But then I think we each read the last two weeks worth in one week. Like we were both so like, got to finish it. It's too good. Right. So we both finished it early. Well, cool. So yeah, the actress from The Great is going to play Isabel in the movie. Right um, on. Elle Fanning, Dakota Fanning's younger sister. I mean, I think Elle Fanning's more popular, famous than Dakota Fanning, right? Uh, well, Dakota Fanning was famous when we were young. Right. I just think Dakota Fanning but, should be called Elle Fanning's sister these days. Well, Dakota Fanning came first. She was yeah. famous first. I guess. But um, she was in, what is she in now? She was in The Secret Life of Beasts. Um, I don't know what she's been in recently. Me either. I don't watch movies, though. It's not really my stuff. I think they have like a look that makes them... like They both became models. Like They both do other things. like Kind of like... Emma Watson. Right. She doesn't just really, she doesn't really act anymore. She's just famous. Yeah. I like the way you do your body posturing when you say certain words. <laughs> famous. You say it with your shoulders. She's like glamorous. Um, I'm like Alexis. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. I feel like we talked forever about uh, TV shows and books. Yeah. And, we'll cut um, some of this out. Yeah, we'll see what makes it, and um, you'll be back next month. We'll try to keep you off the music episodes that you got so mad about being on those. Um, not my scene, not my thing. I was joking, jeez. Um, <laughs> all right, peace.
the Mo Makes Beats. <laughs>